0: I've had vendors get on site and be like, "Carrie, if the health department shows up, they will shut you down. Like, we need to do this, this, and this in order to avoid that." Hey, you're my boots on the ground, my, my eyes in the sky. I need that type of feedback. So, being direct and being honest and having an open relationship with the vendor is huge. This is the FM Evolution podcast. Brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services. Bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black.
1: Welcome back to the show. My name is Sean Black. And of course, this is FM Evolution. I'm excited today, man. We had a crazy time on this show Eventually, I knew it was going to happen, and this episode, it happened. We went finally at complete chaos and got hijacked by a facility manager. <laughs> we had such a good time on the show. I had, uh, had Carrie Teresa from Chick-fil-A on, who basically took over the show. And uh, she brought her own her, her own guest, uh, <laughs> Crystal Vasquez from Chain Store Maintenance, the three of us said that we talked about, okay, so what happens now? Your facility management has been dropped in your lap. What do you do? So this episode is really for new facility managers and for vendors as well. Because we cover a lot of the uh, frequently asked questions and things that we think you should know as a new facility manager. <laughs> so stay tuned. You don't want to miss this craziness. (laughs) But before that, here's a word from our sponsors.
0: At CGP Maintenance and Construction Services Incorporated, corporate citizenship isn't just a buzzword. Their team volunteers all over the country and devotes time to help others in a wide variety of organizations. They want to unlock people's potential and elevate their quality of lives, one project at a time. Learn more at cgpconstruction.com. that we've never before worn whether we are um now taking on maybe a portion of accounting or you know we've now taken over the facilities department and we are not facilities managers and this has actually happened to about four of my friends and industry now industry people right <laughs> now these four people so um I feel very humbled that they've reached out to me and asked me for my opinion and, you know, what's a great place to start. And this is kind of what just prompted this conversation between you and I. And then I thought, what better way than to hijack Crystal's day and get her opinion? Because we always talk about, you know, what can FMs do, new FMs, how do we get started, this and that. But we never talk about it from like a vendor perspective. Like what if you have a new facility manager come in, what is the best way for them to make you successful and vice versa? And I really think that that's, important. that's an important conversation is how do we make each other successful and what does that look like? So I did write down a few things that have come up over the last couple of weeks. Actually, now, what are we in? Are we in month six of this?
1: Yeah. Wow. January March. March, April, May, June, July, August. Yep.
0: So what you're telling me here is that RIFMA convention was basically five years ago.
1: Yes, yeah, it, it. Like okay. it was five years ago. <laughs>
0: yeah. It was a long time right. ago. That's great. It feels that way. It feels exactly that way. So I am joined, and I am hijacking it. So I'm joined with Crystal from Chainstore Maintenance and my wonderful, really main host, Sean Black from CGP, even though I'm stealing... His podcast is talk okay. about
1: this. Well, let I'm me sorry. do my introduction to the podcast and we'll get rolling. Wait,
0: aren't are we already rolling? Because I well, we kind of are.
1: Already,
0: <laughs> I thought I was already
1: ahead of this. We we are into it. Welcome to FM Evolution. I am your host, Sean Black. <laughs> we have already been talking for a little bit now, <laughs> but it's all good. You know what? Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about, uh, so now you're a facility manager now what? There we go. Facility ma- facilities was dumped in your lap. Now what?
0: Yeah. You've inherited facilities. Lucky you. Now where do you go with it?
1: I love this. this is I love be this. a Fun topic. Of course, I have Carrie Teresa with me from Chick-fil-A. And Yay. then Crystal, where are you, Crystal?
2: Right here. I'm from Chain Store Maintenance.
1: All right. So, Crystal, tell us real quick a little bit about you, just so everyone knows who you are.
2: Sure. Um, so I've been with Chainstore Maintenance for 10 years. Um, I, have, I had absolutely no facilities background before I joined Chainstore, so they really showed me everything. Um, I started as a service rep, and now I'm a customer account liaison, which basically I just build the relationships between the wonderful people that we work with um, and our uh, service team and just trying to bridge the gap between the two, make sure we're all speaking the same language. Um, I, you know, have seen a lot of new facilities managers and I've seen some of the great things that they've done to cut their teeth. And then I've seen some things that, you know, um, maybe caught up to them a little bit later on down the road. So uh, this is a really exciting topic. I'm glad you included me. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. I'm glad you could join us, especially on short notice. And Carrie Teresa, (laughs) who is the instigator of this whole thing. What do you I, got for us? Bring it up. Let's, let's talk about it.
0: Okay. So, as we were briefly talking about this before, um, those of us in the industry um, who have other friends in the industry, or const- you know, friends in the construction industry, or in some cases, I have friends that um, who are now taking over facilities that have been doing project accounting. Is that? I mean, we're all wearing different hats, so it's just crazy. And and they've asked me. I've had quite a few people reach out to me and ask me where to start.
1: So you're saying so, you have okay, a lot of friends.
0: I, I have a lot of colleagues. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot. You have a lot. You know Katie, what? I a never, met a a yes. <laughs> never met a person who was not a friend. Never met a person who was not a friend.
1: That's true. You're a popular person.
0: No, I don't think I'm popular. I'm just, I'm, um, I'm almost like, like invasively friendly. Like I, I'm, I'm going to true. That is true. friendly. No, That's totally. True. It's totally true. I, I feel that. bad for everybody at RIFMA because it's like if I don't know you, I'm going to walk up, I'm going to introduce myself, I'm want to know your business, and you know, I'm going to tell you my whole life story. It's okay. That's Crystal's pretty much how we met. Yeah, actually, yeah. It's exactly. And poor Crystal, I've dragged her through it. So Crystal's been my uh, RIFMA buddy for two years in a row now. Like I see her, and she's just got one of those personalities I just blob onto. So I just love that. And so as we talk. And help our friends and colleagues take over facilities. I thought, what better way than to do a podcast about inheriting facilities. But more importantly, what um, the verbiage that one of my friends used was, hey, facilities has now been dumped in my lap. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. And, you know, she um, said basically it was the baby that she never wanted. Um, and now that she's been into it for a couple months, she actually says that she's enjoying it, loving it, and that every day is different. But this is not news. Like all of us facility managers know the day in and day out grind and how every day is not like a, another day you've had. It's just never going to be like that. So so a couple things I wrote down when you're new to facilities. And I am open to hearing feedback from everybody because I love this. But one of them is definitely join month. So anybody who's reached out to me, I have said, listen, join RIFMA. It is not only do we have people who have so much knowledge, but we have amazing, amazing information on RIFMA. It's, it's really great. I know this is not, you know, like necessarily, necessarily a podcast just about RIFMA, but this is a great thing. You should join it, especially being new. Um, the second one is get to know your vendors and build relationships with them. So we all work together in some capacity. I know I've worked with Sean in the past and I'm working with Chain store Maintenance. And it's just important to build those relationships, have those person's numbers, um, emails. Hey, sometimes you're going to need the, to talk to the owner of the company or the general manager. Make sure that you have that information and you keep it um, and have more than one vendor. So I never, you know, you always have your main vendor, but have a backup because you may have a vendor that is dealing with an emergency at another, you know, restaurant chain or whatever, and they have a good portion of their help tied up, tied up there. So have, have a second, have a second vendor, have a third vendor. And being honest, I think with those vendors, is another really big thing. So you don't want to be like, Hey, you're going to get a ton of work. Just be straight up. Hey, you're my second, you're my third, you know, I want to be really transparent with you as far as where the what the workload looks like, but, you know, please be there for us and, you know, we'll we'll try to make it work. So I think always being really honest with your vendors is a huge thing.
1: So let, let's so, talk about that for just a second, for just a second.
0: That's what I'm just going to bring up. Okay. Yes. I like
1: it. So I absolutely want to understand how it is that you guys as facility managers have such a tough time talking to vendors who could be you're a second or you're a mm-hmm. third and be your amazing for you guys. Because how many times have you ran into a vendor where they end up being a second or a third and then become your primary? Yeah. Right. Yeah,
0: No, it, it happens. And I think that's why it's important to be very honest. Like, Hey, I have Joe's painting as number one, but Hey, if they don't make it out or if something happens, you know, I'd like to use you. I want to have you as a backup. And then, and this is one thing I know that vendors and I've, Actually, had a lot of people be very um, appreciative of of being so direct and transparent. Sometimes we take directness as a negative thing, but I think in a lot of cases it can be a really good thing. Like, hey, you know, you're not number one, but if you get the call, please jump, and you will get a call. It's just a matter of time because you know whether it's pricing or a response time or something, you know, somebody, and it's not that it's that number one vendor's fault all the time. Sometimes there's miscommunication, but there's an opportunity there. I think we can all agree with that, but I'd love to hear what your guys' thoughts are in vendor management and vendor
2: relationship because that's that's a huge thing.
1: Yeah, I'd love to hear, Crystal. What do you what do you have to say about this? Um, well, I'd I love think to that hear kind your of perspective.
2: I think that kind of honesty is. Amazing. I wish that everyone felt that way and felt comfortable enough to, you know, convey that information because as a vendor, when we bring on a new client, we're really ramping up for that customer. You know, we're depending on information as far as how many work orders to expect, um, what size of a team we should anticipate having so that we can serve your needs. So if, you know, a customer says to me, Hey, listen, you're going to be, you know, tertiary and you probably maybe once a month, but when, when you get that call, I really need you to jump, that is incredible information from us to have from the onset because we know we don't necessarily need to dedicate a team to it just yet. Um, that saves us in HR and training and so on, but we can designate one person to look out for that call when it comes in and have resources available to service it. Um, but we don't necessarily need to, you know, spend all the extra time training an entire team for that.
1: I think that's a super valid point, and I think, it's, I think it's very hard to have that, that, that bandwidth available for those calls, but that, that, that is how it goes, though. Like, you will get the outliers, you're number two on the list, you're number three, you're going to get the outliers, you're going to get the, the the jobs that people don't want, and so you really have to be ready for that and just take off and go.
0: And I think part of being a, a professional and a facilities professional is you want to set these vendors up for success, especially at your stores. So being transparent, being honest, letting them know what the workload looks like, um, if you have an idea that's huge. and then also just having a really open you know open communication. I cannot tell you how many times and i this is not just me. I can speak for many other facility managers out there. How many times our vendors have saved our behinds I mean many times, especially if you have a seasoned vendor who can come in and be like, Hey, Carrie, FYI, if we do X, Y, and Z, it's not going to work out. But if we try this, this may work out. We tried it another sort, like you're a subject matter expert and we may not be in that particular field. So having that to, to talk about and play off of, I think is huge. Um, the other thing too, is I've had vendors get on site and be like, Carrie, if the health department shows up, they will shut you down. Like we need to do this, this, and this in order to avoid that. Hey, you're my you're my my boots on the ground, my my eyes in the sky. I need that type of feedback. So being direct and being honest and having an open um an open relationship with the vendor is huge. Huge. And that's how a lot of times how we learn and grow as professionals and and, and FMs is, you know, hearing what you guys are experiencing, what you're seeing out in the field, hearing maybe some of the tips and tricks that you have to avoid a shutdown or to avoid a problem that we're having. So, I mean, I, th- I think that's huge. The, re- the vendor piece of it is massive.
1: I agree. And I think it's really interesting that coming from a FM perspective and, and, and one of the things we've always talked about, Carrie, is you're really good about, you know, your clients are your operators, you know, and your general yeah. managers and working with them. But also, I think that extends to also your partners, your vendors, right? So you got to take care of them, just like we have to take care of you guys. So I think if you can utilize this as a resource like that, then then it's a win for everyone.
0: Agreed, agreed. I think um, you know I always tell the stores too. They are my they are my customers, and I'm there to help them and guide them and keep them open and and do whatever I can to make their life easier. But you know, you're also um, you know, your vendors are also a huge part of that. So just I, the vendor piece is huge. And as I've been talking to these people who've been reaching out to me, I mean, I've always known that vendor relationships are huge. They are definitely number one. That is not, there's no way around that. But after talking to these individuals more and more, and I don't want to say counseling or guiding, but just giving them my opinions. I mean, it's just more and more apparent that you know we needed to have this conversation and talk about it. so you know I'm gonna talk about a couple of other things and then I want to bring in you guys and I want to hear how we can make your life easier, especially for new, what that looks like
1: All right. So, well what's next on your list then?
0: okay, so mentors um I think we all need mentors and I would not stick to just mentors so i I think having and this is me I have a couple um industry mentors. So I have a couple other FMs that are that I call and speak with. I have since I have a construction background, I still speak with a couple of my construction managers. Every once in a while throw around, see what they have to say. Um but vendors. I have a couple of vendor mentors. Um I'm Eric Munzer at um Ecotech and he also has EcoTrack. Um every once in a while he's he's a great one for me. Just love to talk to him and see what he has to say and um, There's definitely a few others in there that I talk to, and they're they're not facility managers, but they're great boots on the ground type people that can help you and can give you guidance. And I also reach out to them if I have questions in another region. I think we all do that. Like, hey, I got this. It just doesn't chuck and jive. Like, what are, what are your thoughts? And you know, we never share pricing. And I even told some of my newbies that I said, listen, you know, you never share pricing or anything like that. You basically just say, hey, they're trying to replace an EVAP coil or they're trying to do this, or they're trying to do that. It just doesn't sound right. What do you think? What's your thoughts on that? And that's that's a great, that's a really great resource for me. And it has been for several years. Um, so I'm going to run through the rest of these really super quickly because I'm just dying to hear what you two have to say on how we can make your lives easier because I'm going to take that back to the people that have reached out to me. So one of them is prioritizing. Obviously, when you're a new facility manager, prioritizing is it's a little insane. Um, you're not sure what it should be a priority in an emergency and what shouldn't be. So um, a very very smart lady once educated me on the three S's: so safety, mm-hmm. sanitation, and sales. And I loved that. I loved it. So does it? Is it threatening one of those? Oh yeah. You know we have. Hopefully nobody has rats running around the dining room, but if you do, <laughs> wow, that's that's safety and sanitation. That's right definitely gonna there. Like, uh, that, yeah. The top of the list. That will
1: definitely uh, hinder yourself.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, I think no that's on three of the S's. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely a big one up there. Hot, you know, no hot water, walk-ins go down, stuff like that. that. Those are, you know, those are big items that definitely should be prioritized and you need to be aware of what's going on with those. Um, health department codes. And again, this is another one that um, I got a call from a friend of mine who was not aware that, you know, drains that were backing up in her particular restaurant. She was like, yeah, we, you know, there's some standing water. Ooh, Ooh. like just have, you have that heart palpitation moment where you're like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And you know, you go into tips and trick mode, like, all right, let's, you know, let's go down the list of what we can do to help alleviate this problem and keep you open at the same time. Um, and familiarizing yourself with the specs. So that's a huge one. It's easy, but it's so helpful that when you're talking to your vendors, that you can give them the correct specs, you can give them them the correct um vendors, or if you have national account vendors, like whatever that looks like, that's that's huge. So those are a few. I mean, I have more, but those were like the easy ones that seem to make them like the biggest amount of impact. And a lot of those are setting vendors up for success if they're done right. So I want to hear from you guys, though, what we can do when we educate new facility managers, what we can do better, how we can help the relationship with you guys. Um, if there's anything that you've ran across in your years of experience that, you know, maybe is something that we don't think about as FMs. And if it's okay, I'd like to start with Crystal because I'd like to get her perspective of it. And then I know Sean's going to come in and take over and hijack my podcast back from me. Hey,
1: hey, this is my podcast. <laughs> No, no, Crystal, yeah, let's let's I would love to hear from Crystal. Go ahead.
2: (laughs) All right. So what I find to be super helpful when I'm working with a new FM is if they can take time to meet, which you kind of already mentioned, take time to get on a phone call just to kind of iron out all the, you know, the different things. Like, how do you want to be contacted? I, you know, I'm a mom. So I know after five o'clock, it's better if you text me or give my cell a call, you're not going to really be able to reach me by email during power hour when I'm doing baths and dinner and everything else. Um, so, you know, Just knowing how to contact each other and what works best for that person's schedule. Let's be honest, we're all 24-7. No one really gets to get off at 5 o'clock and just wipe their hands with the day. Most of us are fielding calls or emails or something like that. But if you know how that person prefers to be contacted, it makes it so much easier. Um, Likewise, you know communication. What's important to you? What do you want to see in an email? Are you using a middleware site? Um, Do you actually look at that middleware site? You know, are you logging into service channel every day or would you rather I text you and let you know I need an increase? Um, Just, you know, kind of figuring out those different things and then asking, you know, what can I help you with? I know you're new you know, how can I help you? What it, Have you had experience working on a particular middleware or CMMS site? Um, you know, is there something that you would prefer for me to do? So just having, making the time to have that conversation and iron out all the details, I feel like that starts the relationship off right. Um, it also it makes it a lot easier if something does go wrong down the line, you know, if someone says to you, there's never, you're never going to have a problem, nothing's ever going to go wrong uh, in facilities, you know, we all know that's not true. So establishing that relationship upfront with, with my team, as well as with, you know, the the new FM, I think it creates that, that relationship where we can talk about anything as those things arise. Mm
0: -hmm. I love it. And that's a good piece. I think you brought a really important thing, To light, which is making sure that you have all the contacts. Like I always love to get a vendor's accounting contact because we're going to have questions on bills, or there's going to be missing invoices. Like it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. So that's that's a really good point. Is making sure that you know we get we understand how you like to be communicated with because some people don't want text messages. Some people would prefer an email, or some people. I would prefer a phone call or whatever. And so having that understanding of how you do want to be contacted is huge. So thank you for that. Because that is one thing that I will definitely add to my list for these new FMs. All right, Sean, let's see what you got. (laughs) What do you got?
1: You know, I like the idea of the whole communication thing. And I think it's interesting because I, I found that a lot of the new facility managers are coming from operations. Mm-hmm. And operations and facility management are so always kind of a head to head with each other, it can be. And the philosophies are different. Um, you know, facility managers, they want to prevently take care of things ahead of time before they turn into giant fires. And operations tends to watch the bottom line more. And so if you are new and you're from operations into facility management, I have found that a lot of them are very, no, this is just too expensive. I don't want to spend money on that. And I, I would, my request would be have an open mind, listen yep. to why we're recommending you do this because it's going to save you money down the road. And I think that's the biggest disconnect for new facility managers is understanding that if they spend a little bit extra now, it's going to cost them way less than if this uh, machine breaks down in the future or this drain completely uh you know explodes on him later down the line so jetting and doing these things are important but also you know be open to that communication and listen um and then ask a lot of questions like ask don't feel don't feel like you need to know everything in the world because as the soda managers it's tough there's so many things you have to kind of understand and if you're new just ask i love it and i love the
0: fact that you brought in the operations piece of it because. Um, I don't experience it too much now, but I have in the past where you're right. There is a little bit head to head between mm-hmm. facilities and operations Habits. because operations is, is looking at some things that, you know, or they don't see what facilities see sometimes. And so it's hard to, you know, talk them into sometimes spending that money or maybe like you said, the hydro jetting is a big thing. I mean, you can save some huge dollars down the line by hydro jetting, you know, at least once a year, twice a year is much better. And I even have some stores that do it quarterly because it's just way easier and they yep. see the value in it. Um, but yeah, that's a really great, great point. So we talked about contacting you guys. We talked about, um, you know, operations. So what else is important? What else do you see new FM struggling with? Or um, what do you see that we could do better?
1: You know, I think a lot of times facility managers are afraid to be very candid with you. Mm -hmm. And so if they see something that they perceive as incorrect, they may not tell you and they may just write you off as a vendor that they don't like, you know? And so what I would say is be open to, again, ask more questions. And if you see something wrong, say something and let us talk it through say, hey, I can this is why this is like this, you know, and because and, they may not understand coming to being new in facility management, why this happened, you know, why the FRP was installed this way or why the, this, uh, mop sink was done this way, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, no, and so, yeah. So just ask questions. Don't write off the vendor because you had one bad experience too, because it may be just that that technician had a bad day that day and the company overall is amazing.
0: Yeah. And, and you bring up such a, an amazing point. So I think we can attribute facilities and vendors along with like, um, personnel in the restaurant. So you're going to get a server every once, in a while, every once in a while. That's not having a good day. Maybe her boyfriend broke up with her. Maybe she's experiencing health issues. And I hate to say, it, but vendors are the same way. You know, you have a guy who's out on site and maybe the tile job just wasn't the best. Um, and I do agree, have that communication that those open lines of communication with that vendor, you know, Hey, got the completion pictures. They're just not your guys's normal standard. What's going on. And you know, every time that we've had that, I, that I've had that conversation with a vendor, it's turned out to being something that was a mistake. Somebody was having an off night. And I mean, the other thing is too, is understanding that a lot of this work is done off hours. So it's done either early morning or at night or on a weekend, or if you're like us, you're closed on Sunday, you know, you try to take advantage of that day when everyone's out of the restaurant to get some work done. And you know, these poor guys work so much. So especially a lot of vendors, um, they're not just working for Chick-fil-A, they may be working for Lazy Dog or California Pete's Kitchen or Cheesecake, or, I mean, they have a lot of, they have a lot going on. So just being, you know, understanding and sensitive to what they're kind of going through is a huge thing. So, and I've really tried to relay that to the people that have contacted me for advice because I want them to know like, Hey, you're going to have a day or you're going to see work and it may not be perfect, but a good vendor is going to make it right. Yep. So, you know, just be understanding. So, yeah. What about you, Crystal? I want to hear from you because I know that you have so so much in this industry, <laughs> especially being a new
2: CRFP. Um, hello. <laughs> um, I think another really good thing to to establish up front is what your procedural expectations are. Like you mentioned, safety, security. Um, If there's an issue and we're not able to contact anyone on the team, what do you want us to do? You know, we have some customers that we work with, their budgets are extremely tight. So if they haven't given us the go ahead on, on something, you know, they really just want us to stop. Whereas we have other people who just get it done, take care of the emergency, take care of the issue. We'll talk money the next day. So just establishing what that is for you know, the new FM, what, what their guidelines are, uh, I think that helps a lot too with the emergencies because you know, the emergencies are the things we don't really talk about until they happen. And then we have the conversation, well, I wish it would have been handled like that. So we do try to preemptively have that conversation to figure out what expectations are beforehand um, so that once the emergency comes, we know, you know what to expect from each other. I think yeah. that helps out a lot in those situations or relieve some of the stress.
0: I could not agree more. So I'm so glad you brought up the emergencies. So um, I have to say, I'm always in awe of Darden and how they handle disasters. Um, having at our last restaurant round table, we had a conversation about disasters and just some companies have it so well down. I mean, they have... They, it's like a well-oiled machine, and that was actually on my list of things. Was you know, know your disaster your disaster procedures and what you want to do and what type of circumstances. And you know, again, vendors a huge part of that. I mean, if you have a tornado that comes and rips the restaurant apart, um, you know, you really want to make sure that you have a great relationship to that vendor. I mean, maybe we can get some work done if the glass is blown out. Like, how can we work together so that that restaurant can get back up to selling whatever they sell? you know, while the work is being done. And, and of course, in a safe, and you know, food safety manner and in a safe manner for the teammates and everybody else. But that, that's a really great, um that's actually a really great thought too, is what does that look like? Like if you get into a repair and it's way worse than it was originally thought, or if something happens, like, what is that, what does that look like for right. you guys? Do you, do you want, do we stop? Do we continue mm-hmm. on as long as it doesn't hit a certain NTE? So that, that's another great, suggestion. That's awesome, Crystal. Thank you for that. So, know, yeah, I like being the host of a podcast. I think I might have to start my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding.
1: You know, the offer stands always for you to join my podcast.
0: I know. I feel bad. I think this yeah. is like my fourth or fifth one. I'm always like, Hey Sean, when are you doing another podcast? It's, you
1: that know, the, the, it's all relative. There's so many things going on in our industry. You know, it's always changing. So there's things that we always have to address. Like, this is a great topic. I think really getting to give FM's tools and things that we need to get and information is helpful. That's why this show exists. Uh,
0: It is. And hearing all of our different experiences is huge because Mm -hmm. what might happen at Chick-fil-A may not happen at another restaurant chain or vice versa. I mean, I don't think that any of our problems are, are, you know, really only Chick-fil-A problems or only these types of problems or only problems that, you know, another restaurant chain deals with. I'm sure we all deal with it in this deal with almost the same stuff, maybe a little bit different between, um, chains, but yeah, but you know, it was just amazing. Like I said, I, once I started getting these phone calls of of people that I've worked with in the past, or even some friends just within the industry. And, um, it was very apparent that vendors just were the top three on the list. And I have a list of, my list is growing but I mean this the vendor management piece was just so huge because you guys are such a huge part of what we do especially in COVID-19 right now I mean plexiglass is huge and I know I know that we've all reached out to to chain store or cgp to help us help us navigate the waters and you guys have been so great in coming back and giving us great ideas or maybe you know sharing what some of our you know I don't want to say competitors but what some of our you know fellow restaurateurs are doing to help alleviate some of this, you know, the safety situations. And um, I just know that a lot of the vendors have been so kind and understanding when we've asked to take their temperature checks and, you know, making them wear masks. And I, these poor people look like they're, you know, walking in with hazmat suits to to change a light bulb or something, but it's, unfortunately it's the new normal right now, but it's, it's a big thing.
1: So it's, great. it's just crazy. I, you know, I, if I had one request, I would I would ask all facility managers to look at us vendors as partners uh, or parts of their team. You know, like extensions of their team, more yeah. than more than just hey, they're a vendor. of mine. no, this is you know, Sean's on my team. You know, Chris is on my team. I'm, let me call that team that that guy and or that lady, and, and let's get this solved. And just change that frame of mind because that's the way we think. You know, we want to be that part of the team. We want to, uh, to just help out. And that's the whole reason we're in this industry is to serve you guys.
0: Right. And the whole reason that we're in the industry is to serve the restaurants and the restaurants are to serve the guests. It's a servant leadership model everywhere you look.
2: Exactly.
0: But I, I hear you exactly. And, um, you know, and if you've ever not been treated as a partner, I am so sorry because that should not be the way it is because, It's not. It's not me. I'm not going out getting the restaurant boarded up after a car went smashing through it. It's you guys, and it's your vendors that you work with. And you know, even if it's just, and I, I tell my restaurants this all the time. Hey, listen, you got a rest. You got somebody in there working, and they're doing a great job. Offer them a sandwich. Offer them a salad. Hey, you want a milkshake? Like it's it's small stuff like that, that just speaks such volumes. And to be honest, for the most part, from what I've heard from our vendors, we, our restaurants do a great job of taking care of them. And I'm so grateful for that because, you know, it is true. I'm not going out there, you know, to drive the freezer truck down because your walk ins not going to be able to, you know, be repaired or we're waiting on something or, you know, it's, it's the vendors that are doing it. They're pulling these people away from their families to do this type of stuff. So... Um, but yeah, so what else? I, if there's anything else I'd be interested, like I said, I I just feel like this is something that we need to talk about because our industry is, tra- is changing. We are having new people that don't necessarily have facilities experience take over. I mean, a few of the lucky ones are coming from the construction department. They're pulling them over. And so they have a little bit of facilities knowledge, but I mean, building and maintaining are sometimes two very different things.
1: They are very so, different, yeah.
2: Different animals, completely. I think the only other thing that I've seen help benefit some newer FMs is, um, you know, they, they get very overwhelmed because it is a 24-7 position. Um, a lot of times they've never handled that much um, in a day. The workload varies, as you mentioned. I mean, you'll, you'll go from handling something really small to something super dramatic all within an hour. Um, so I, I do find that with newer FMs, sending out reports or doing like brief touch bases every couple of weeks has been something that has been helpful Uh, when they're first getting on their feet. You know, they're not, that way they're not looking at a hundred different alerts that have come over throughout the day. We can just hit on the top 10. Like these are, you know, your 10 oldest work orders. Here's where they are. These are your... 10 emergency work orders. Here's the status of those. So just figuring out together what you really want to see and then generate a quick report that you can get on, you know, maybe it's weekly basis. Maybe it's every two days. Figuring that out together and then having your vendor pull that data. I mean, we... As vendors, I'm sure, Sean, you can relate. We already have the information. It takes us a couple minutes to pull it and put it together. But if it can save that FM some time, digging through notes or looking through 200 work orders to find the 10 work orders they really want to look at, most of us vendors are happy to put that together.
0: And that right there is what we consider partnership. Right there. That is partnership. Is, Is that type of thinking and preemptive I mean, that's perfect crystal. And, you know, you did touch on something that, you know, new FMs are are nervous because, um, you are looked to, to basically save the day. Let's be honest. You are the bridesmaid and the bride is freaking out. She's not going to walk down the aisle and you have to pull it together and make it happen. And I totally stole that. Totally stole that from new Noel. Um, she, she was my mentor. Um, my mentor last year yeah she was my mentor last year and I love love that thinking. So you are basically the bride'smaid too and the store is the bride and you you got to do it. but you know being calm in the chaos can be um, nerve-wracking, overwhelming you know very overwhelming. Um, they want to do everything right and you know part of the conversation that we've had is listen, you're gonna make mistakes. so you either you either learn from your mistakes and grow, or you let them haunt you. But I prefer to learn from my mistakes and grow. And I mean, there's times where I have walked away from my computer and been like, wow, did I learn today or did I win? Because I feel like I got my, my butt handed. In yeah, me. my I learning I feel like on. I learned today. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, about it. Um, but yeah, being calm in the chaos. And, you know, sometimes it takes somebody... Like for me, there's been times where, and I have such a sense of urgency that sometimes it gets in my way, um, that I've had to kind of stop, take 30 seconds, think about it. All right. This is what we're going to do. Game plan, go. So, um, but you know, it's, it takes a minute. It takes a minute being in this industry to figure out that that's what you should do. But relying on vendors like you guys and venting, figuring out what that looks like. Um, sometimes, you know, you guys are going to have way better ideas than I am. So the communication piece is huge, but all right. So Sean, what do you think? Is there anything else? Like I, I just realized what time it was. So I don't know
1: if we, I know I do. We have, so we do have to wrap up. I would Ah. say, I know. Well, we know we could probably extend it for another podcast. We'll do this again. (laughs) We can do a part two. We do a part two, but I definitely, if on my party thoughts, I would say as an FM, get to know your vendors. And spend time with them, and I, I know that's hard. And I know that you got. Hey, every vendor in the world's going to ask you for lunch. You're going to get plenty of free lunches, but it is <laughs> it is really good. It is no, it is true. But it really is true. Good. It is true. But it is really good to know that that time is well spent, uh, and make sure you go with an agenda, and then something's achieved. And, okay. uh, and and I think that's gonna that's a value for both sides.
2: I love it. I love Crystal, it. Crystal,
1: what do you got? parting I thoughts.
2: You, <laughs> I think you nailed the, you know, hit it right on the head. Uh, they um, definitely spending the time creating the relationship. It's invaluable. You can't replace that. Um, once there's that sense of trust between the two parties is really nothing you can't take head on.
1: Awesome. Great advice. All right, Carrie, take us out. What's left on your list was was one no, thing that you would no, recommend. I
2: think I think
0: we're going to, I think we're going to save the rest of it. And actually, to be honest, I think I'm going to invite a couple of the new FMs that are now joining our industry. I'm going to invite them on for our next one. And they can, yeah. And they can tell us like what they're experiencing and what it's looking like for them. And I'm sure, I know we have an industry full of amazing people and I'm sure that they can find some great mentors and you know, I don't know if I'd always take my advice. (laughs)
1: whatever (laughs) okay well thank you guys both of you Crystal and Carrie for joining us on FM Evolution Uh, make sure to check out our YouTube channel and subscribe to the podcast uh, and uh, you know leave a comment we'd love to hear from you awesome thank you for being on you guys thank Thank you you. thanks for letting me hijack your podcast you are welcome anytime
0: (laughs) right. thank you both so much